Hey, welcome back to the Scatter Joy podcast. My name is Zach Thompson, AP Austin Parker, our co-host for the show. He's not currently with us, with me right now, but he's going to be joining us for this week's conversation with our guest Malik Tuck, more known as DJ Leak. DJ Leak is the Columbus Crew DJ uh, for the MLS team here locally in Columbus, Ohio. He is also the in-arena host for the Ohio State men's basketball team, and he is a massive massive mental health advocate. Um, We get to have a really cool conversation that ties parallels between what he does professionally and what he does personally and how the purpose stays the same. Uh, As a DJ, he he talks about how every song that he chooses gives off a different emotional response for the people that are listening, for the people that are, are hearing the music that he is choosing and the things that he's saying. And he talks about how It is the same way in his personal life. Every person that he comes in contact to, he knows that anything that he does, anything that he says, the actions that he chooses is going to have some sort of emotional uh, feeling, emotional inspiration, emotional response by the person receiving his action or his words or his thoughts or, or the things that he's doing. And so it's just such a fun conversation because He's just so down to earth, so fun and engaging and joyful to be around. And that's exactly what he does for uh, the people that that come in contact with him. And so and I'm just really excited for for us to jump into the conversation for you guys to hear from DJ Leak and uh, just just really get uh, his insight and his wisdom. So let's just get right to it. This podcast is brought to you by The Scatterjoy Project. The Scatterjoy Project is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on mental and emotional health. Since launching in January of 2021, we've helped people jump over hurdles that get in the way of their own healing journey. The first hurdle being the negative stigma that accompanies mental health. The second one being the overwhelming search for mental health care. And the third, the cost of mental health care. If you, a friend or a family member are searching for a therapist, a counselor, a support group, or other mental health care programs, you can do so on our website at thescatterjoyproject.com. Also, if you feel inspired to give to our cause, you can do so as well on our website, thescatterjoyproject.com slash donate. Hey, what's up, guys? We're back on the Scatter Joy podcast and uh, this is my guy, AP. What up, y'all? And uh, my name is Zach Thompson. Uh, this today is a really exciting day for us because we got we got our guy Malik Tuck Let's go. joining us, also known as Leak, also known as DJ Leak, <laughs> uh, here locally in Columbus. And uh, man, the man wears so many different hats. A lot. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, wears a ton of different hats here. He's a DJ. Uh, he's the DJ for the Columbus Crew. Yeah. He's the the in arena host for the Ohio State Buckeyes Fire. men's basketball team. He's a he's a mental health advocate. Uh, just doing a lot for the community, yeah. which is super inspiring for us and and especially in the mental health space. So, uh, Malik, thank you so much for for jumping on, man, and and being a part of this conversation. Hey, appreciate you guys having me. I know yeah. it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So so man, I gotta ask, like as a 
as a DJ, like, you know, did you, did you always dream like, man, I'm going to be a DJ. I'm going to work with music. I'm going to do this. And what's the reasoning behind it? Um, you know, it's funny. I never in a million years thought I would be one, a DJ two a DJ for like a sports team, yeah. you know, um, you know, everything that I'm doing now just, it's, it's fun because like, it's not something I planned, you know, so I'm really just enjoying it. But, um, I always did have a knack and a love for music. You know, I played a little bit of percussion in elementary school. Um, you know, I was like one of the friends that always made like the CDs for the car rides, you know, remember the blank CDs and, you know, you had to, you know, go through iTunes and, uh, what was it? LimeWire and stuff. So, um, you know, I always loved music, man. And ironically, um, I wanted to be on the radio. Um, I wanted to be on radio and I wanted to be like the next Stuart Scott. Like I love sports and I love radio and, uh, I just loved how guys and women as well could just, you know, make you feel energy through just like a station. Mm. Um, so I used to like have like a cassette tape um, and my sister and I would like low key host our own radio show in our room. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> cause you could record uh, on a, on the CD, you could uh, play a song and then record it on the tape. Oh, so like we would make our own show, go back and listen to it and stuff like that. So, so yeah, man, you know, just uh, here we are now. Uh, like I said, I always wanted to do kind of like what I'm doing with Ohio state, uh, but never thought I'd really be DJing. Yeah, man. So it's like, for you, it's like, and music is powerful from from a standpoint of like emotions and everything, but also words are powerful because like yeah. with Ohio State, you're you're interviewing players after yeah. the games and, yeah. and different <laughs> things like that. Like, how do you like how do you formulate like the words that you want to like evoke an emotion or a response from from someone else? And why is that powerful for you? Yeah, man, it's all uh, it's all studying. One thing I'm really big on is like just being a student. Uh, you know, like I don't have a sports business background. I don't have a uh, I do have a communications background, but you know, I didn't necessarily grow up learning how to interview players or yeah. anything like that. I kind of was just thrown into it. And one game, like, hey, you're gonna interview EJ Liddell after the game. I'm like, what? Right. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I said, from previous years watching like guys like Stuart Scott and, you know, watching like ESPN and reporters and like loving what they do. Stephen A. Smith, um, you just pick up on things. And, you know, I, sometimes I'll go back on YouTube and I'll watch interviews and just see like how the pros do it. And, um, you know, also the guys, you know, I don't want to make them look stupid, you know, so I try to like set them up, you know, for, uh, you know, no, no pun intended, throw them an oop, you know, with the question. With the questions, uh, you know, things like that. One one of the guys is like, all right, what we got today, man? I'm like, don't worry. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to ask you anything crazy. Um, but just stuff that, like, is going to give a good answer. Um, but it also is a good question, too, you know, for fans and things like that. So Yeah. yeah. You're such a huge part of the atmosphere um, when you're going to a game. So how does that feel, man? It's like, it's like uh, <laughs> between the first and second quarter, if you're doing, yeah. like, a demonstration or a game or – interacting with people and getting the crowd hype how does that feel like in, in front of all those people and being able to make an impact and be able being able to add to the entertainment and the fun of a yeah. game it's something i definitely try to not take for granted at all man yeah. you know basketball season is so fast and you know we only i only do conference games um but yeah it's uh it's nuts because like my energy like if i'm having a bad day like that's off like that's out the door like, yeah. I got to come in there. I got to be ready to rock. I got to, you know, have that script down. 
And, um, you know, it was funny. The last game we played, uh, I think we played, oh, Northwestern. You know, Big Ten game, but still Northwest, you know, Northwestern's yeah. kind of like a, you know, so it was like quiet in the arena. Yeah. And so I kind of got to, you know, maybe be a little bit more witty or come up with something off script to like get fans involved or yeah. things like that. But, uh, man, it's amazing just to be a part of that and just to see people get up and get excited. And, yeah. you know, when they send it over to me, I try to make it to where like, I'm not just like, all right, fans, like we're here with something. So like, I want yeah. people to be like, man, like I'm excited for the Donato's dash or the yeah. uh, elk and elk shot cam. Like, you know, so it's my job to, you know, not just, uh, my words, but also like my facial expressions, you know, to make sure I'm smiling, you know, I can't see myself. So I'm like, all right, guys, how do I look? They're like, you're good. I'm like, all right, man. Like, you know, so, um, everything just goes into it, but you know, I I try to practice a little bit at home sometimes too. So that helps. Yeah. That, that type of personality, is that something that you've always had in you? Like, were you always kind of like the energy setter growing up and like trying to like pull positive energy out of people or is that something that you developed over time and felt like people needed yeah I shouldn't admit this but uh in high school like when I didn't make like the basketball team or like I wasn't playing on the football team I actually was the mascot for like a season <laughs> hey, so, okay. so yeah, like all my friends are like bro what are you doing and I'm just like what man I'm the mascot like I, yeah. I'm getting her. you know so like I was always like a little nerdy back in the day and I still am but um you know, being older now, I've calmed down a little bit just because, you know, uh, when you get into business and things like that, you, you kind of, you know, funnel your emotions. But yeah, man, back in the day, like I was always on 10, always just like smiling, goofing around, just like super high energy all the time. You know, if I was ever just like in a bad mood, my friends would be like, you all right? Yeah. So I'm just, you know, I was that kind of guy. Like I couldn't have a bad day because like that was mm-hmm. just me. Um, so yeah, I always just try to bring that energy maybe so much not as not as much now like uh overbearing but i always still try to bring like some positive energy you know in a room at a game you know in a club whatever wherever i'm at so right can you speak on like why why that is like tremendously important for like the environment that you're in like like what is it about like someone's energy when they step in the room? Like why is that so important? The overflow of that, and why do you feel like you have to be that for people? Um, man, wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I have to be that. I kind of think I want to be that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I do feel like God's blessed me with this energy, and you know, people always kind of ask like, oh, like, why are you always so happy? Why are you so positive? That's not always the case. (laughs) Happiness and positivity is not something that's just automatically instilled in you. You know, it's something that you do have to seek. It's something that you do have to search for each and every day. And Mm. um, I think for myself, like I do seek it. Uh, My, you know, my, uh, my thing this year is just focusing on the small things, you know? Um, And so like, I'm like, okay, if I can walk into my job or if I can walk into the arena, um, and I could just, you know, make someone else feel a little bit more positive, a little bit more energy. Um, then, like, why not? You know, because I know what it feels like when someone's like, "What's what's good, man? You seem like you're down a little bit," you know. Yeah, yeah. And they get my spirits up. So, like, you know, it's just really just being uh, what I actually what I always call myself. I try to be like a better stranger. You know, just mm-hmm. just be like a good stranger. You know, you never know. Even on my runs, like I'll be running past people, I'm like, "Hey, exactly." <laughs> I high five people. Like, you just yeah. never know, man. And, and I, and I really do believe in like the domino effect, you know, if like if I can make someone have like a better day, then maybe they'll help someone. And, you know, it's just, 
uh, it's just setting that spark. You know, I, I think I read a quote or I put a quote on like uh, my Just Breathe page. It's like, um, you might not set the world on fire, but your spark might be the one that starts it. You know, so no. so something like that, man. But, but yeah, man, I don't know. It's just life's too short. Who wants to be miserable? Like, I want to see people around me happy. I know I'm happy. So I'm like, if I can help others get there, then why not? So, yeah, man, yeah. That, that's literally scatter and joy. And the thing yeah. is, like, I do that on runs and trails. And some people are like, literally, I'm sure you you see it. They're taken aback. They're like, oh, wait, some people might not say hi at all. <laughs> and then some people are like, oh, hey, because it's, it's uncommon for us yeah. to be like outwardly so happy and positive. But I wanted to ask because music has like this incredible transformative uh, capability, right? Mm -hmm. And you can literally shift the atmosphere of wherever you are based on the music that's being played, like from a wedding to a club to a bar. Like how, when did you become aware of that? And how do you kind of use that in your genre to, to get things going? I think it was in high school. Um, you know, I, like I said, I never planned on being a DJ, but uh, when I started kind of messing around, like I would just like take my computer to like to house parties and like, I always just like love curating and playing music for people because like, you know, one, I love to have a good time and party. Yeah. So I was like, man, like, okay, like let me play the songs. I know that's going to get everybody like hype jumping. And so like, I would take my computer and set it up to speakers. And I had like this little program called virtual DJ. So like I would like just kind of DJ for my computer at parties and people would be like, hey man, like, you know, you kind of had it rocking, like, you know, yeah. you kind of had it going. Um, and so I was like, all right, all right. You know, so then I kind of just start messing around with it. And uh, I think that's like when I first noticed it. And then just like when I, one, I went to, so I went to Ohio Dominican and I started DJing there, just kind of like radio DJ, stuff like that. But it wasn't until like I started going to like uh, clubs at Ohio State where like, you know, uh, like you party, but like I was in the, I met a dude and like he let me come up in the DJ booth and I was just like, man, like this dude's really just like controlling the vibe. And yeah. I, was like, I, I was like, I want a part of this, you know? So um, I think that's kind of like when it started, just like a little bit, you know, senior year, high school, freshman year, college is like when it started for me. Um, and then, yeah, man, just, I don't know. It's just something about, playing one song to one song to one song that just yeah. gets people going. And I, sorry, I think, I don't know if I answered your question. I'm kind no, of just definitely not. It's good. I, I think there's like tremendous emotional intelligence that that takes. Yes. You know, like being able, being able to like read, that's what relationships are all about. It's like right. being able to read someone else's energy, someone else's like posture yeah. and then infusing or like shifting it and like raising the bar. Like, yeah. like it's like, it's tremendous, tremendous yeah. emotional intelligence. Like, with with music with you like mm -hmm. what types of music do you enjoy the most that when you're like man you know what like i need a little bit more energy in my life like what do you turn to what's your like go to i actually don't listen to a lot of high energy music i listen to a lot of like mellow um <laughs> well now i do like uh, i listen to like a lot of lo-fi beats yeah. Um, I listen to a lot. It's the reason I say that is because my life outside of being at home is so on the go, on the go, on the go. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I'm in the gym, um, I, I'm trying to get some pumping music on a run, you know, at the club, at the game, everything is just so much. It's like stimulating energy. So like when I'm at home, I'm mellowed out. Like I'm listening, to like maybe some R and B, 
uh drake <laughs> um <laughs> like i said just lo-fi beats like even when i sleep like i listen to like uh just like uh just different sounds box band sounds like i just want my mind to just kind of just relax so like when i do step into these atmospheres i have the energy to expand you know um for the job at hand but if i'm out and about uh you know if i'm at the club not djing like dude i love everything like i love some edm like i've gone to edm yeah. festivals i love old school hip-hop uh, i'm not really a fan of like a lot of the new stuff like i'll listen to it but like i just you know, I, I kind of like that old guy now. I'm like, what's this new stuff? Man? <laughs> I feel the same way, man. So, um, but I love Latin. Like, I love, like, I'll sing some country in the summer. When I'm cooking, I listen to, like, some Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra. So, there we go. Uh, so, yeah, man, I'm all over, honestly. I love that. I love it. I think you also have the ability to read the room, right? So, to be able to do something like Orange Soda, right? And then mm-hmm. you're able to do, like, a more traditional wedding, or to be able to go into a corporate setting yeah. or to be able to go into a club that's a club club. Um, do you think you're able to read the room because of kind of your musical background and, and your like the variety of music you listen to? And how and how are people able to kind of gauge the feel of the room so well to be able to play something that, you know, like the people in this room are going to be able to, to connect with these like this song list? Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, it just goes back to being a student, uh, just knowing, like you said, people. And I'm a big observer. You know, when I go to different bars, clubs, you know, I kind of, you know, it sucks because sometimes I'm like always just like, hmm, okay, like, let me see, like, yeah. you know, but uh, it just comes back to being a student, uh, an observer, uh, you know, knowing your demographic, you know, if I see, if I'm at a club and like, I see some Hispanic people come in. You know, they're going to want to hear some Bad Bunny. They're going to want to hear some yeah. some, uh, some Latin. Obviously, like, you know, my island people, they're going to want to hear some some Afro beats, you know, yeah. some things like that. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, when it comes to my people, like, they want to hear a little bit of hip hop, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, honestly, I'll say, like, white people are the hardest because <laughs> they might want to hear Lil Baby or they you might want to hear Holla Back Girl. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just never know. But, you know, but that's what I love, man. But, like, uh, everybody's just different um and like you said a thing about djing too is like taking risk i've learned like you got to take risk yeah you know because you just never know what people like and, so, and not everyone's gonna like what you do but um uh, it's just like any anything else like if you play basketball you might know that oh, okay like when i go left and try to come back right like uh i'm not so strong there so like you know i gotta work on that yeah. um but over time through the years like you develop strengths you know and sets and routines and songs that work you know, DJing's the same way. Like, you find out what works, what doesn't, and it allows you to kind of take more calculated risks because if you do mess up, you're like, all right, let me get back to what I know for a second, um, things like that. So, um, and then like corporate stuff, it's just obviously they want clean, upbeat, yeah. fun, uh, you know, what's popular, things like that. So, like yeah. I said, um, DJing really, I tell people, is not so much scratching and you know you do want to know how to mix and blend but it's just knowing your crowd and like you said just having that intelligence yeah yeah does that like has djing over the years allowed you to be like i'm just so curious we're talking about all these things like taking risks we're talking about Mm. raising the energy in the room raising the energy in a relationship being emotionally intelligent like how has being a dj your profession and all these things like equated to like your personal life with uh, relationships and emotions and all these different things 
Um, man, that's a, another great question. It's definitely, it's fun. I feel like I have like a million best friends <laughs> just cause like through the years, man, you just meet so many people that are just wonderful people and you know, they just come into your life. And, um, you know, for me, it's kind of like, you know, you know, how, like teachers, like they see so many students, yeah. like, uh, you know, my friends, I was like, man, you know, everyone, I'm just like, dude, like I'm in the spot where everyone comes to, you yeah, know? Yeah. So, um, my personal relationships, man, like I just have so many um you know and it's it's pretty awesome um just like i said through the years i've been at different bars different venues i'm meeting different bartenders managers club owners um barbacks you know then just people that are coming in um so yeah then in like my per it's funny you know my personal relationships i can kind of have more better relationships with people because i only see them so often uh so it's always like oh what up man how you been you good like you know i don't have to necessarily take on the burden of the friendship yeah. um so much even though sometimes people will come up to me while i'm djing and it's like a therapy session i'm like bro i gotta work i'm sorry man like it's all love but um you know uh it's been somewhat tough though like with family like coming up you know i gotta work a lot and i work on the weekends things like that um so that's one thing i've kind of tried to decipher as i'm getting older just like what's important what's in that uh, with women, for sure, definitely was rough uh, <laughs> coming up. You don't necessarily have the best, uh, you know, perception as a DJ. Yeah. Uh, so that was always kind of tough, you know, like my dating life, you know, meeting meeting women. And, but no, man, it's been great. I, like I said, I've met so many people and it's just kind of helped me just, like you said, just um, build those relationships and, you know, through music, knowing, like trying to figure out somebody through music also kind of helps on the, on the flip side, just like not judging them. You know, like yeah. I said, I can't necessarily just judge someone, but okay. Like you're only going to like this kind of music. Right. It does kind of, you know, revert to being like, okay, like, Hey, I don't know what this person's going through. I don't know who they are. Like just cause they're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Like, you know, I gotta like, I gotta read the room. I gotta read this person too. So. Right. No, that's good. Like we talk about kind of like how you're talking about diversity diversity in in race diversity in socioeconomics all these different things uh environment but diversity of emotion i think is important too and like we all have been through different things but i think we all feel similar things throughout our lives right mm -hmm. like we all have felt similar emotions maybe some more drastically than others based on those those demographics and all those things when when did it click for you and what is the, like the inspiration behind like speaking out about mental health like yeah. those emotions that people face and the 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 healing behind it um you know i always try to think about that and i always thought that it started for me in college but uh, my facebook memories have shown me different <laughs> um you know it's funny i'll go back and like I don't know, man, something was going on. I mean, we all were in high school, but I was hurt down in yeah. high school. Like, I don't know if it was girls, I don't know if it was sports. Um, but I will say my mom was a strong influence in my life when it came to just like one, being a positive person. Um, so that always helped me. But as far as like the mental health thing, uh, I think for me, just like, uh, you know, like when I was coming up through high school, like I wasn't necessarily like bullied, uh, like physically, but I think mentally, I was a little bit, you know, just black kid going to a predominantly white school. Uh, and then like, you don't really, under, I didn't really, I didn't know the term microaggressions until I, you know, actually this past year, which is kind of saddening, but yeah. um, you know, you kind of just deal with things like, you know, I used to get called like Urkel, 
you know, the white black kids, stuff like yeah. that. Um, so mentally, as a kid, you're trying to figure out one where you fit in, where you belong, your identity, stuff like that. Um, and it does affect your mental health a little bit, you know, as you get older. Um, but it wasn't really until my sophomore year of college when I got hurt. Ah, uh, well, freshman, sophomore year of college, uh, transfer schools. I had a rough freshman year at Toledo. Um, that's another, we'll have to do that another time because that story is <laughs> forever. But, um, you know, I ran track. Track was my everything. I just came off a state championship senior year. Oh, wow. You know, I was in probably the best shape of my life. Thought I was going to go like D1. And uh, it became my new identity. I get hurt, you know, after one year, I ripped my hamstring to shreds three times. Mm. And then I'm just like, my collegiate, you know, career is just done. Mm. You know, so I'm just kind of like at this D2 school, you know, I thought I was going to, I was one of the best runners, runners on the team. I get hurt. And, um, you know, all my friends, my boys, my homies, everyone's at practice every day. And I'm just like in the mm. dorms by myself, just in this isolated place, you know, everything I know is taken from me. I really only want, only wanted to be there at first because I was running track. I didn't really care to be at the school. So like my identity just felt like I was stripped. So I was just like hit this dark depression. And um, just over time, I was like, man, like, I don't want to feel like this. Like, I'm not this guy. I'm a happy guy. Like, this isn't me. You know, so I started to you know, watch like speeches, like motivational things. Like I started like reading like a quote every day before I left the dorm. And like, that was kind of like the foundation for like me. I didn't know about mental health. I just knew that I just didn't want to feel that way. Yeah. Um, but then I just started coming across different speakers and um, online videos and that kind of like started the path for me. So. That's good, man. I love that. I Like going to a suburban school as an African-American, it's a huge kind of, deal because while it's happening you don't know those microaggressions yeah. are happening um when they say certain things to you you go in spaces where you're too black and then you'll go in spaces where you're not black enough yeah. and that i think the freedom in being yourself is a it's a amazing thing like yeah. when you're able to show up authentically as yourself there's freedom in that and you kind of let that go so when do you think you were able to just be you authentically without trying to code switch or without trying to like be ashamed of who you actually really were. I wouldn't, I would say honestly, not till recently, like yeah. mm. high school. I always say one thing I uh, can attribute to myself. I'm a chameleon. I can, yeah. but I think like I was forced to be, you know, I yeah. didn't really have like a set friend group in high school. Like I, I was forced to blend in with like the cool kids, the nerdy kids, the jocks, uh, you know, when I was around women, like I knew how to kind of just like, yeah. you know, make them, you know, I was like, was just trying to figure out like how to blend in because like, I didn't have like a set group to where like a lot of people did, like they had their cliques. Right. I, I, I can sit with a different lunch, uh, lunch table any day of the week, you yeah, know? Right. Um, so I wouldn't say, I would say just like probably like the past couple of years, like when I've really learned to just kind of like, you know, be myself, you know, just who I am just put it out there. Like whoever receives it, like receives it. Yeah. Um, you know, cause even in college, like you're still, you know, trying to, yeah. trying to fit in, you know, I would hang around athletes and stuff. So I, I was like, Oh, don't be that nerdy dude. Like you yeah. are, <laughs> you know, I just got to a point, man. Where I was just like, you know, what? like whoever likes me, like you're going to like me. I'm 28 years old now. Like I don't have time to try and, you know, fit your agenda. But yeah. the funny thing I always say is like, 
everyone's trying to get the approval of someone. So in the end, like we're all trying to get everyone's approval of each other. So it's like, at that point, it's like, I might as well just be me. So. Yep. I love it. Yeah. It's like the freedom to just be you. Like, I feel like always comes from some sort of struggle. Yeah. Mm. Like someone always walks through some sort of struggle. And then that there's always this moment where there's like, man, screw it. Like, yeah, I was created uniquely. Like we were talking at, at an event recently, it was like, man, if you look around the room, every single aspect of us is different. Like, look at our thumbprints, like everyone's different. And so it's like the way that I can be celebrated in my life and really know, really walk in that freedom is like understanding and saying like, man, that there's tremendous power in who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's tremendous, like, like authority that I, that I have just with, with who I am and the values that I hold and the identity that I have Yeah. who for you, like when you were coming through like your own mental health struggles, you said you like started popping into like videos and speakers and all these different things. Like who, who was a influence or a mentor in your life? Maybe from afar, like maybe you've never even met this person, but they like really, really mentored you through the content that they were putting out. Yeah, I don't know if I should be ashamed or like <laughs> to admit this. Like, I used to watch like a lot of Tony Robbins stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he was like, I loved his stuff, and I know like they're all kind of like these business guys who do seminars, and you know, uh, they're rich guys. But um, I would I would watch a lot of his stuff, and then like uh, guys like Les Brown, uh, Ziggler, a lot of that stuff. And then um, really, I just start reading like a, a bunch of different books. Um, I read this one book. It's uh, about stoicism by Ryan Holiday called The Obstacles of the Way. That yeah. book really helped me out. Um, honestly, man, I just try to like pick a little bit from a lot of different places. Yeah. You know, like I said, um, I'm not the kind of guy who I'm like, all right, I'm all in on this way. Like I'm a huge stoic. Like that's the only way I think. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of different things that you can take from and just build your own. Um, I'm a pretty spiritual person. So I'm like spiritually driven. Like I do like believe in God. So like, uh, you know, that's been huge too. Like I'm a pretty faithful guy. Uh, so that, that's always helped me. But, um, yeah, I I think I would just say like, I just kind of just picked from a lot of different places and, um, just kind of start building like my own little, you know, unique, uh, foundation of different people and different things I've read, uh, that kind of allowed me to, you know, just where I'm get to where I'm at today. So. I love yeah. it. I love that. I used to, I was in that same predicament and I, the first guy I listened to was like Ray Lewis, like Ray Lewis <laughs> like randomly had like these motivational talks at halftime and it was like a compilation and I didn't really know about that. After that, I was like Eric Thomas and then- Hey, like, yeah, E.T. for sure. Yeah, yeah. E.T., Tony Robbins, a lot of these people. Do you still keep some of these routines in terms of like taking in some of that motivation or or- reading or, or anything like that do you still have like oh, yeah. a set routine that that helps your mental health helps you stay sharp yeah man i tell people all the time like mental health is not something that you work on for a year and you're like oh i had a great year mentally like no it is a every single like i always tell people like if you're trying to work out and get in shape you got to go to the gym uh, a lot if you're trying to like mentally become become a sharper person a more happy person like you have to work on it daily it's not just like a it's not just like a monday motivation thing like hey guys it's monday like like no it's literally a every day like um i'm reading two books right now actually um 50 psychology psychology classics and then i'm reading uh will smith's biography um 
and then like I have like three whiteboards. Um, I'm always like doing like affirmations. Um, and then I run a mental health page, which kind of helps me stay, um, you know, stay firm and like making sure I'm reading quotes, posting quotes, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, dude, I try to work on it every day. And, you know, it's funny when you do same thing. If you stop going to the gym for two weeks, you're like I'm getting a little bit out of shape. Uh, I don't feel good. Like if I'm not reading, if I'm not meditating, if I'm not going on my runs, uh, you know, stuff like that, like I feel it. Like I can feel a difference. Like, you know, uh, just like people, but like, you good, man. I'm just like, I don't know. Something's just off. Like when I'm not yeah. doing like my routine, like of things that make me feel good, then like, yeah, I got, it's like, I got to get back to the basics. So, yeah. Yeah. We, we actually posted something uh, recently and it was just a thought that like the team had come up with. And it's this idea that um, a lot of people like in our society, in our culture, you know, like self-care is kind of like a buzzword a little bit, you know, it's like, but like self-care in itself, I think a lot of people think that like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go meditate. I'm going to go get a massage. I'm going to go for a run. Like I'm going to go do these things to care for myself. And those things themselves eliminate stress, but that's like not the case. What self-care is, and, and to your point, it's creating this capacity and this buffer to handle stress that's automatically going to happen in your life like stress is going to happen like adversity is going to get you like at some point like everyone's going to go through some sort of struggle but you know it's like man can we do this work proactively because we know something's coming obviously we're not going to be like cynical and be like all right when's the shoe going to drop but at the same time like man you gotta gotta put in that work like you said you gotta almost like go to like do some emotional fitness, you know, but it always, it always works out. And like, that's one thing I've come to come to know and learn is like when you're young and just learning stuff, like you freak out about everything and you stress yourself out and then you get older. You're like, I mean, I've never hit, I mean, I've hit like bottom, but like I've never been homeless. I've never gone a whole week without eating food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've never had to walk to work. Like when you start thinking of these things, you're like, man, like I'm down bad, but like, am I down that bad? You know, to where it's like, I try to, I try to keep a perspective and I'm never the one to be like, I kind of see it two ways. Like I understand everyone has their own struggles and you should feel about your own struggles. But at the same time, like, yeah, someone does have it way worse. So I try to like find that balance of understanding that like, yes, I'm human. I'm allowed to feel bad about what I'm going through. But at the same time, I try not to allow myself to, be a victim too long because i'm like dude somebody doesn't even have clean water today and like you just took a nice shower you know look overlooking downtown like come on man like let's you know like let's find something else to be upset about you know so um it's just a balance of just learning but um but yeah man i I totally agree with what you said also yeah so like i feel like every industry right because uh I'm a trainer. You're a create. You're a everything. You're a creative. <laughs> so you deal with it in a lot of different things. Uh, every industry, you know, can get competitive, right? And uh, some people don't really manage that competitiveness well. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about your world? Is it a competitive? Oh yeah. Atmosphere and and how do you handle that? Does it does it propel you or does sometimes it you feel like you get into a negative space because of it? Um. I definitely used to. I definitely used to be like, why is so-and-so on that ticket and not yeah. me? Like, why are they on that stage? Why am I not getting these gigs? But I've learned what's for you is for you, you know? Mm. And uh, I also learned that, like, 
you can be competitive, but if you're not ready, then it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. you gotta be, you gotta be ready for the That's moment. True. You know, a lot of people are like, man, I should be, I should be, I should be. And it's like, well, if you should be, then you would be because mm-hmm. you're not, th- you're not there. So um, it's definitely competitive. But one thing I've learned that it's, it's more fun to help others. Like it's more fun to like, yes, like we do compete. Yes. Like there's certain times like a guy will come up and be like, bro, like you're snacking right now. I'm like, yeah. dang, like, how do you, like, what edit is that? Like, I'm like, dang, bro's going crazy or, or shorty's going crazy. Like, I got to yeah. bring it, you know, more like a positive competitive energy. Not so much like, oh, I'm better than you. Like yeah. more just like, hey, like, uh, man, you killed it. I got to go back to the lab and work on my stuff now, yeah. you know. So um, I learned that it's better to just show more love. And like, I definitely like at this point in my career, like, man, I sound like an old guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm trying to like help younger guys come up and just like, yeah. you know, um, people sometimes like will come to me like want to get lunch and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, I'm more willing to help now opposed to like years ago. I'd be like, get lunch. Like, nah, yeah. <laughs> like, nah, nah bro, figure it out. Like, but, <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, it's definitely competitive, but you know, it's for me, it's a healthy competitive, you know, I try to uplift and encourage guys, but Hey man, like congrats. Like that's dope. You know, yeah. you're killing it, you know, go kill it, you know? And then if I see someone doing better than me, it's more like, bro, what's the blueprint? Like, how do I get to where you're at? Yeah. You know, not so much tear them down, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like this, uh, this pursuit of excellence instead of perfection. Yeah. And like, for me, for so long in my life, cause like, I don't know if you can relate to this, but as an athlete, you like grow up in this competitive atmosphere and you're just like, you want so badly to perform as best as you can. And sometimes in your yeah. mind, without that emotional maturity that you develop, like as you, as you get older and the experiences that you have, like you, you feel like you failed because you didn't, you you weren't perfect. And so like, I always tell people like, I'm a, I'm a recovering perfectionist and I will always be a recovering (laughs) perfectionist. I love that. that. I'm dude, I'm the same way. Like I am. And I think it just comes from just like, uh, you know, like I said, my mom was a great person in my life, but like at the same time, she was tough. You know, she's like, why'd you get a C? I'm like, cause I'm not good at math. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but she had her expectations for us were like, you know, um, so high. And I was like, why do you expect so much out of me, dude? I'm like, I'm not a smart kid. Like, I just want to go to class and like get by. But, you know, she would just, you know, um, she would want so much out of us. So I think as I got older, like I started to want more out of myself too. Cause like it was just instilled in me. So like, I was like, I can do better. I can do better. I can do better. Um, but one thing I'm learning, like my favorite phrase this year is just progress over perfection. Like mm-hmm. just keep getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And then like over time, like you're just like, dang, like I'm, I've gotten so much, you know, better at what I'm doing. Um, but I used to just be like, every set has to be killer. You know, every song, every gig. It's like, dude, just, you know, just keep getting better with each gig, each wedding, yeah. each game. And it's like, you'll get to a point where, hey, oh, crap. I'm working the NBA all-star game. How did I get to this point? Because you progressed, you got better. You didn't worry so much about being like, Oh, this has to be the most perfect game. It's like, no, yeah. just a little bit, you know, 1%. Like that's why I preach all the time. Just you get 1% yeah. then you know, you're good. Yeah. You were talking last night. We were talking about like the anxiety that sometimes accompanies like a new experience or like we were talking about like, uh, for instance, like putting a new piece of work out. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, uh, it's like the, 
you your quote reminded me like progress is better than perfection there's also a quote that says done is better than perfect yeah and like you can sit on a project or a piece of work and like dwell in this moment and always try to like tweak and tinker with it and stuff and try to get it perfect yeah or you can just be like man it's good enough I think people are going to resonate with it. I think people are going to vibe with it and I'm going to put it out in the world because the story behind it is important or like the value behind it is so important. Yeah, man. And I think it's because it's you, you know what I mean? Like very authentically, God gave everybody different gifts. He gave everybody a different perspective on life in a different like kind of style and a different way to do it. And if we always try to do it like somebody else, like, our crowd, whoever our crowd is, isn't going to get what we need. They're not going to get what they need. Like God made us all different. So just showing up as yourself, it's just yeah. huge. And like, and like we talked about, there's less anxiety when you're putting pressure on yourself. You forgot you went into DJing because you loved it. You know, I got into fitness because it was something that I was passionate about. And once we stress it, then we look at a job that was like, hey, this is my dream job. Yeah. I'm doing what I love for a living, but I'm stressing out because I'm trying to Look at everybody else or trying to be yeah. perfect. So there's a lot of power in just like, for me, my word is just like present, being present yeah. in that moment and being content, but not being like, I'm lazy because I got here. Being content yeah. with where I am, but still progressing. That's kind of like a rhythm, like you told me. Not yeah. really a balance, but it's it's been difficult for me, but it's something I'm trying to do. Like, hey, I'm happy where I am and I'm still trying to pursue, but none of those are like outbalancing the yeah. other. I think a, I think a key too, uh, to your point is if you know that you are trying, if you know that you are putting in the work, the hours, the time, and it's not perfect, I can live with that. If yeah. I know that like, hey, before a gig, I spent a week prepping the set, getting the songs right, finding cool edits, and the crowd just wasn't rocking with it, hey, yeah. I tried. Like, I tried. There's been times at Weddings Man where I will go through errors, <laughs> uh, errors, you know, 2000s, I'll go into pop, I'll go into old stuff, I'll go into, I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, I'm trying, but like, yeah. you know, you know, especially after COVID, like a lot of people just want to like mingle and like yeah. talk and catch up. So I've learned to not always take things personal. So mm-hmm. to your point though, also, um, but if you're being lazy and like, you're like, well, like it's not perfect. It's like, okay, well one, like you didn't try, like you really didn't even try. Yeah. Um, but like one thing I've learned is like, I can live with, if I, if I put my, you know, my best foot forward, and I really gave it my all and it just didn't go like the way I thought, like whether it's relationships, a job, a gig, then I can live with that. And like I yeah. said, like I said, I've learned to just not take things so personal because, you know, um, it's funny because like that's an ego driven thing too. Like mm. it doesn't sound like it is, but like when you put it all on like yourself, even in like, oh, like, you know, um, you know, they didn't have fun. Like, and I tried like to do my best, you know, it, it might have not been about you. Like it might have not been your set or it might have not been like the way you coach, like that person or that crowd just might have not just been feeling it that day or like they wanted to catch up or I don't know, man. Like it's just, you can't always just put every burden on you because it's not always your fault either. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, you said the word ego and I instantly went to another Ryan holiday book. (laughs) Oh yeah. Ego's enemy. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good one. Hey, is for you, you know, you mentioned your, uh, your mental health advocacy page, you know, first of all, I want you to, to be able to, to promote that a little bit, tell people where to find it, how to follow, but then also like, what's the purpose behind it? Like how, what inspired you to start that and start like really being a voice for other people? 
uh, in that space? So um, when I had moved out to Arizona post-grad, uh, you know, I started kind of before then posting stuff on my Instagram. It started with jokes. I, I used to do like a joke of the day because uh, I just love, I love social media, man. And I love being able to engage with people on a wide, uh, you know, spectrum, you know, all across the country, all across the world. Uh, just through you know this device you know it's it's good when we use it for good yeah um, so like, I was posting jokes of the day or quotes of the day and you know I would have people hit me up like hey man like you know one like oh dude you're so corny like such a dad joke but like it made me laugh you know yeah. or some people would say hey like I really enjoyed your quote like I needed that and so like that kind of started to build something in me and then when I lived in Arizona I started doing it more on my personal page and um, but I never wanted to flood it too much because like I was always afraid of like being like too positive or getting away from like you know my identity is like DJ Leak you know so um I said like if I ever moved back to Columbus that I wanted to do something in person because people loved it online so much I was like man like what if I could do this you know like in a group you know no one's doing anything like that like no one's like holding sessions like that so ironically and I did end up moving back and then like a friend of mine my boy Zero uh, I was like hey man like you know, I know that you have an interest in this kind of stuff. You have a love for people. Would you want to tackle this with me? So we started the group called Just Breathe. Um, and then like, you know, we had one meeting and then, you know, it was like real small. Like I think like five or six people came, but like everyone had a great time. Like it was just the conversation was flowing. People's minds were open. And um, then we moved locations. You know, we did it at a bar the first time, you know. Cause like we wanted it to be like the cool, like, Hey, like come yeah. have a drink and talk about mental health. And yeah, then I was I like, <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't think we should go this route. <laughs> so uh, we switched it up and then man, it just took off. Like it just started going well. Uh, we, at one point we were averaging like 25 people a session. Awesome. Um, and then COVID hit. So that's kind of been uh, my Achilles heel lately. That's why I've just been focusing more on just the page um, and not in person because it's just so annoying to one, try to find a space, get people there. And then it's like, okay, we can't meet COVID. It's like, so just uh, yeah. I'm trying to trying to wait till like it slows down more, settles out, settles settles yeah. out more to do more in person. But but yeah, man, it was just like the love for just getting people together and just you know we'd have some people in the sessions like they didn't say a word, but like they enjoyed it. Some yeah. people were more outspoken and like you could tell like they kind of needed to get some things off their chest. Um, and you know it really just became like a safe space to just talk about mental health and uh inequalities going on in the world and just anxiety and stress and things like that too so yeah Yeah, that's so cool i think like that the important thing about that is like everyone kind of has a different personality that they bring different experiences but also a different pace you know like you talked about like man people just came to like hear what other people are going through because they needed to know that they just weren't alone yeah and that's powerful and and i think like man, first, like, thank you for doing that. And thank you for like being inspired to do that and like taking action with it. And, uh, and I just think like that in itself, the community aspect, being in relation, being in proximity with people that, uh, are fighting the same battle, uh, is so important because you can rally around joy, but you can also rally around struggle in pursuit of joy. Yeah. And and I think it's a really important so aspect great, in how we grow and how we heal. Yeah. And and just the importance of community, you know, like we all are going through different things in our life and a lot of these things we don't talk to our friends about. You know, some mm-hmm. people don't really talk to their especially as dudes, we don't like, "Hey bro, you know, 
had a really hard day. You know, I think my relationship with my dad isn't the like I know I didn't grow up saying that. Yeah. So until like these different platforms scatter joy, just breathe. Like I think it's awesome because we're giving people, you know, like we're empowering people to really check in with their mental health, and we're doing it in a cool, like creative way. You know, we're yeah. not like nothing against older people, but we're not like <laughs> no, older but for stuffy. sure, yeah, yep. for real. They see cool dudes talking about mental health, and they're like, bro, this is yep. Like, yeah. it makes it appealing. The the thing about the world, man, that really just kind of tears my heart apart is, like, the more and more people I meet, whether you're gay, straight, bi, trans, black, white, like, man, I, like, I, like, I got somebody in my family going through it right now, like, you know, and, like, I'll meet someone who might be, like, on a different income level, like, they might be Republican, conservative, and it's like, yeah, man, I got someone in my family. It's like, they're, you know, we're, we're hoping we don't lose them. It's like, Man, like all of us got, you know, messed up families or bad relationships with parents or suicidal this. And it's like, you know, when we take away like black, white, red, blue, like, man, and you really get down to like the core of things like, man, it doesn't matter. Like everyone struggles with stuff like you got. I used to have friends who in high school, like, you know, they their parents were a little bit more wealthy, but, you know, they had a bad relationship with them, you know, and then like you'd have me like, you know, my mom, single mom, you know, two kids. And it's like, but, you know, we're as happy as a clam, you know, over here, like in our ranch styled house. So it's just so funny to me how we just were so divisive and, you know, left, right, stuff like that. And I don't like to get into politics too much, but, you know, if you sit down with, you know, someone who's Republican or someone who's Democrat or someone who's gay, like, and you really, you know, start to dive into like the problems they have in their life, you're like, dang, I'm kind of going through that too. And it's just like, we're really not. Like we're really not all that different. Like when you get down yep. to it, so that's good. Yeah, we're all unique, but we're not that different. Yeah, you know. True. I think it's like it's so spot on, man. And that's why I love these conversations because I think you know the hope, the hope of these, the hope of this podcast, the hope of of the Scatter Joy Project, the organization. Just breathe is to inspire more conversations outside of these like platforms and these gatherings and stuff. It's like, man, I hope other people see it or hear it and are like, man, I kind of want to go do this work for me because I know the joy on the other side of it. Like I know the blessing on the other side of it. I know the the freedom on the other side of it or I, or I crave it. I I want it. I need it. One, one kind of final question for you, man. And I know we could probably talk all day, (laughs) but uh, Hey, we're, it's the scatter joy project. Um, you know, our, our, uh, our organization was birthed out of this Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that says there's no beautifier or form or complexion, like the wish to scatter joy and not pain around us. And so with that, I want to ask this, what brings you the most joy? Mm, great question. I think honestly, man, like I, I do things just helping people like, cause I know like, I can, I can always take care of myself. Like I will find a way out. I will find a way to be happy. I'm good. Like I always say, I'll be good in the end. Like I, I know. So I think just helping people, man, like whether it's find like a gig or helping another DJ or giving someone advice or, you know, my friends texting me like, Hey, you got five minutes. Uh, my mom called me for an hour. Good Lord. Um, <laughs> you know, or like just helping out homeless people or just talking to some kids. Like, I do truly think that like if everyone just tried a little bit more just to help somebody else, like, I don't know what it is. Like it's the most free, you don't have to pay for it. Like you don't have to be, you know, get a Nobel peace prize for it. Like I guarantee you, like if you just slowly start to like implement 
nice gestures, like being nice, like into the world, like you will get like the dividends from it are just like insane, dude. So I think really, it's like I said, just helping people out, man. Just even if I'm like, Hey man, yeah, I got you. Like, it's not like a huge thing for me. And like, thank you so much. I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. Like just seeing that like in action or just listening or whatever it is could really just help someone's life. Like, I don't know, man, like that's, like I said, it's just the most freeing thing. So, um, that, and I don't know, just, I think that'd be it, honestly. Yeah. That's real, man. Love it. We always, we always say this, we say the best way to experience joy is to, is to scatter it. Scatter. Yeah. I love that. So I was killing it, man. I love it. A spot on, man. A spot on. Hey, Lee, tell, tell everyone where to find you, where to follow you, uh, how to get involved, how to come see you. Uh, everything, everything yeah. with just breathe, all that stuff. Yeah, catch me if you can, man. I'm, I'm, on, I'm, on, like, <laughs> I'm on the go this year, baby. I'm trying to take it to another level. But um, no, follow me. Uh, well, first, like just breathe. You follow that before you follow me. I, you know, um, that's where I really want people to go check out. But uh, that page is underscore just breathe one. Uh, so, like I said, I'm trying to definitely get more followers on there, just make more of an impact. Um, but yeah, if you're trying to come see me out and about, you know, gigs, things like that, uh, underscore leak, L-E-E-K official. Um, and yeah, that's it. I don't have Twitter anymore. They kicked me off. So uh, <laughs> that's, I only got, I really only got Instagram or Facebook if you're that cool with me. So <laughs> you, go. you got anything you're excited for that's coming up in the events or anything? Oh, I did bring something to show you guys. Um, but besides that, uh, I mean, this year, like I, I'm trying to do more just private events and just bring like more of a just like experiences to the city. Like it's cool to be at Seesaw, like, you know, almost every week, but like, I want to start being involved in like bringing stuff to people where it's like, man, like, you know, if you go to Columbus, like follow that leak dude. Cause like, he's always got something cool going on, you know, instead of just being like, Oh yeah, come to Bodega or come to Seesaw. Yeah. You know, like, yes, I like, those are fun. But like, like I said, more experiences. Um, So as you guys know, in 2020, the Columbus crew won the MLS championship. Yes, sir. Yeah. So being a part of the organization, they got the boy. Oh, man. Yeah, buddy. I so, see. I love so, it, y'all. So you man, just got to yeah. was You're a champ, bro. I would sleep hey. with that thing on. I would take that <laughs> thing off. I know, right? So, uh, but no, man, just another blessing. Uh, just, you know, through this job, through this gig, uh, they took care of the kids. So grateful to the organization. Amazing, but yeah, I just got mine because everything was on back order. So yeah, let's man. go. That's that, thing, that thing looks like it got some weight to it. Oh, oh it's heavy. It's heavy, <laughs> it, bro. Man. So. Something else to be proud of, bro. That's that's legit, man. You're you're doing great work, bro. So keep it up, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you guys, and, and I look forward. To, I'm sure we'll collab in some way somehow in oh, the yeah. future. So no doubt, no Get doubt, absolutely. Hey, thank you, Leek. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, yes, boss. Sir. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. Look, if you like what you heard, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe everywhere you guys get your podcast. Also, to stay up to date with everything we're doing with Scatterjoy, go ahead and give our Instagram a follow, all right? At the Scatterjoy Project. Thanks again for listening. See you guys soon.